Thanks for joining us this week, and welcome to Mutuality Matters, a weekly podcast hosted by CBE International, where our mission is to promote the biblical message that God calls women and men of all cultures, races, and classes to share authority equally in service and leadership in the home, church, and world. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome. My name is Blake Dean, and I'm here with my co-host Aaron Monez, and you are listening to New Voices from Mutuality Matters, a podcast hosted by CBE International. We are so excited to have with us today researcher, author, and speaker Sheila Gregoire. Sheila is the face behind BearMarriage.com, a sought-after speaker, podcast host, and author. Sheila is passionate about changing the evangelical conversation about sex and marriage to line up with kingdom principles. She lives in Ontario, Canada with her husband. They have two adult daughters and two grandbabies. She is an award-winning author of nine books, including The Great Sex Rescue and what we're talking about today, She Deserves Better, Raising Girls to Resist Toxic Teachings on Sex, Self, and Speaking Up. Sheila, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. I love CBE, so this is great. <laughs> Us too. Yes. Well, but before we get into the awesome conversation we're going to have about She Deserves Better, Erin, I have a question. What are you watching, reading, and or listening to? Okay, I actually have a read this time. Um, so I came across this book. It was one of those things where, where you're on Twitter and everyone seems to be sort of talking about this same book. And it's a little bit different from the ones I normally do. Um, it's actually a novel called Everything Sad is Untrue hmm. um, by Daniel Nayeri, I think is how to pronounce his last name. I'm probably getting it wrong, but, um, but it's fiction and I don't often read a lot of fiction, but I'm about halfway into it and I am intrigued. It is really, the title is what really gripped me. This, this idea, mm. everything sad is untrue. Um, it's a paraphrase, I think from a line in Lord of the Rings, but, um, but anyways, so jury's still out on whether or not it will be a recommendation, but I'm enjoying it thus far. So what it. about you, Blake team? What are you all watching, right. reading, or listening Let's to? Let's bring it all the way down. Let's bring... <laughs> wow, we're yeah. reversing roles today. We're reversing right? roles. Typically, okay. I'm like, yeah. Keeping so up, yeah. my family and I have a deep affinity for national treasure Kelly Clarkson. And yeah. she has a record coming out. And there's a song where Steve Martin, yes, that one, plays banjo on it with her. It's hilarious. Okay. I'm sorry. No, no, no. We're going to need yeah. a judge's ruling. No. Plays banjo. That is correct. Okay. That's correct. Um, and she has a line where she says, uh, you can keep Ryan Gosling and I'll take Steve Martin. Um, <laughs> and it's hilarious and I recommend it. And that's what I'm listening to. <laughs> Sheila, what about you? <laughs> okay. I've got, I've got to watch. Okay. Okay. Good. okay yeah, so great. first of all, you need to understand is I'm super cheap. So yeah. like I never buy any shows if it's possible to stream something and I have yeah. to watch everything that is possible to stream before I buy anything. But mm. I made an exception this week and I bought two seasons of Special Victims Unit because I'm just so sick of waiting for them to come out. And I love that show. I think doing what I do, talking about sex all the time. Watching Special Victims Unit is just like therapy for me. It's just cathartic, <laughs> wow. right? Just like a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Oh, and they teach so many great stuff, like the concept of arousal non-concordance, which is something that I'm talking about all the time in my book. You know, SBU yeah. was the first place where this really got big, where people understood yeah. it. You know, so yeah. That's great. That's amazing. You're like mm -hmm. a doctor watching Grey's Anatomy. It's hilarious. <laughs> well, except my husband's a doctor and he just can't even do it because they're so <laughs> bad. But like SVU, what they say about trauma, I think all the police and lawyer stuff is crap, but what they say about <laughs> trauma is really good. You know, I 
Love it for a million dollars. That's not what I thought you were going to say. That's awesome. Well, as I said earlier, we're here to talk about your book, She Deserves Better, um, which you, you talk about this book kind of being birthed from responses you got to your previous book, The Great Sex Rescue, um, especially from mothers with daughters about how to guide their daughters in what can be tricky and sometimes volatile waters. Um, so I wonder if you could tell us and just start us off by talking about those responses, what um, what messages you got, what surprised you, um, and what, what kind of made that turn in from um, interesting conversations into a book. Mm-hmm. So we wrote the great sex rescue. Let me, let me just lay the groundwork here. Um, that came out in 2021 and it was based on our groundbreaking survey of 20,000 predominantly evangelical women. And we were looking at how common teachings in the evangelical church about marriage and sex actually hurt women's marital and sexual satisfaction. And it's, it's been really well received by people. Um, the reviews have been incredible. I get emails every day from women mm-hmm. saying, you know, I finally feel free. I feel validated. But then they kept coming back with, but now I don't know what to do because right. I grew up with all this toxic messaging. I don't want to pass this on to my kids, but I also don't want to tell my 14 year old, you know, go do whatever you want. Right. <laughs> right. And so what do we do? And my team and I, so there's a group of three of us who write these books. There's uh, Joanna Swatsky, who's our stats person, um, Rebecca Lindenbach, my oldest daughter, who's our psychometrics person, and she writes all the snarky lines in the books. I love it. And, <laughs> and does a lot of the editing. And then there's me who does most of the writing. And we just thought we, we need to do another, another project. So we surveyed another 7,000 women for She Deserves Better to find mm-hmm. out, okay, when you were a teenager, what did you hear in church? Um, what was your experience with sex ed like? What were your... Ex- experiences with dating or not dating. And then we looked long-term how that affected women so mm. that we can figure out, Hey, what are the, t- the healthy things to say? You know, and what are, what are the right. things that no, 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 you don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. And I, and I love the way the book is, is sort of framed and written. Um, uh, if so, for those who haven't picked up the book yet, and you really, really should, um, something that I find super helpful is that in the end of most chapters yeah. there, there's these outlined conversations like literal prompts for mothers to guide through conversations with their daughters. Um, and I love that, that feature of the book, but something else I find interesting is that, um, while this is a great feature in a book that is written so well to your audience, uh, the two of us talking to you today, um, are not mothers of daughters. And yet we found this book to be incredibly insightful and helpful, and we would recommend it to others. So, um, I'm interested to hear that outside of your primary audience, uh, what does this book do for the rest of us? What mm-hmm. what can be gleaned from it as Christians who are a part of the churches and culture you're writing about? Yeah, you know, I'm not even sure it is a mother daughter book. Like that's what we thought it was, but <laughs> and that's what we were hired to write. Yeah. You know, um, we we did a two book contract with Baker, and they wanted the sex book, and then they wanted a mother daughter book. So we said, okay, fine. So we did that. Yeah. Um, but in our lunch team, over and over again, what we heard was women were reading it in order to reparent themselves. Mm-hmm. Whoa. You know, this is what 15 year old me needed to hear. And no one told me this stuff. No one said this to me. And a lot of women are finding it very healing. And a lot of men are reading it just so they understand what their sisters, their wives, their daughters, you know, are actually hearing because men didn't hear this stuff in the same way. That's right. And often 
now men men got hurt by purity culture messages too in their own ways, but they didn't get the burden in the same way that women did. And I think just, just opening yourself up and seeing in black and white, stark print, how awful some of the messages were to girls. I mean, even just compare Brio magazine with breakaway magazine from (laughs) focus on the family, very different emphases. One was for boys, one was for girls and very different messages. Oh yeah. I, I was a subscriber to Brio magazine and my brother who's two years older, uh, got breakaway. And I remember that that's how I would always get like the fold out posters of like the Christian rock bands to put on my (laughs) wall from Brio magazine. Um, but yeah, all, all that stuff, um, really came back to me as someone who grew up in the eighties and nineties, um, uh, reading your book. So to hear you say, yeah, the, the reparenting, um, I find that I find that particularly fascinating. And I see that I can see that in the book um, very much. And I really appreciate the spectrum of mm-hmm. topics that are tackled in the book, because it's not just um, it, it really hits on some of the main buttons. And of course, your research really revealed this really brought to the surface, like, okay, well, let's talk about let's talk about dating, let's talk about um, uh, assault and like the messages that come with girls being told like they talk too much, or how this is right. tied to uh, abuse later on down the line. Um, I think uh, what readers will find particularly fascinating is just not that these messages existed and we kind of knew they were harmful and kind of felt that growing up, but what your book and your research does is it really draws these lines right. between here's what we heard and now here's what we see that were, were the effects. Um, I think I'm interested in, um, and this might be a pointed question. I don't necessarily mean for it to be, but I'm interested in, in the, it seems to me as a consumer in the Christian book market that um, that works that really cent- like center and find their, their grounding and their foundation in data like yours do um, are not super popular. That doesn't feel like that doesn't feel like a hallmark of the genre, right. Of, of Christian um, books. And I, and I looking at the, you know, people I'm around and the books that they read, it's more um, theological ideas or what, you know, whatever, rather than, well, here's what's happening and here's data to back it up. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about um, what, what you think having kind of the concrete data that you offer adds to um, not only like a broader conversation, but like to the reader in particular, what does it give? What's the gift of it? Um, I'm interested in that part before we get into even the grit of the book. Oh, sure. I mean, I could talk about this for like 45 minutes because this, <laughs> this is my thing, baby. Okay. Um <laughs> Here's the here's the issue about a lot of self-help books in Christianity, especially about gender and relationships, is what's happened over the last few decades is you have people debating ideas. So I think the Bible says this. I think the Bible says this. And they disagree with each other. Right. But there's no way to really win that. Right. I mean, you can talk about the Greek in certain verses, but then this person disagrees with that Greek. And so you're just kind of at an impasse. And what we decided to do was to step outside of that whole thing and go to Matthew 7, where mm. Jesus says that you can recognize things by their fruit. Mm. So a good tree can't bear bad fruit and a bad tree can't bear good fruit. And so we need to actually look at fruit, which is something that the Christian world has not done. And there, you can go into all the reasons why not. I think we're allergic to science for all kinds of strange reasons. Um, we don't tend to trust data, but we believed that what Jesus said was true. If he is truth and if he is the way, then we can look at the outcomes of teachings and we can see whether they bear good or bad fruit. And so that's what we were doing 
in our in our data gathering. Yeah. I think one of the reasons that Christian books have shied away from that is because we think pastors know everything. And so if you have an MDiv, you are now qualified to write on anything. And this is one of our big critiques in The Great Sex Rescue is that the people who have written the biggest books on sex have no qualifications to do so. Yeah, that's right. And they made some really, really big errors. Um, we mentioned this in The Great Sex Rescue. This, this was something that really bugged me was it gives an anecdote of he and his wife. And he said, you know, early in our marriage, if after sex, I asked her how it was and she said it just hurt, I would be devastated and she would be too. Um, but he goes on to say how they decided just to have sex anyway. And he just left that hanging there. Because he didn't know that evangelical women suffer from sexual pain at about two and a half times the rate of the general population. And so many women read that anecdote and we heard from them and thought, I am just supposed to endure it. But right. when you aren't qualified right. and you write sex books, right. this is what happens. And, and when Christian books about sex are a huge part of the market... Like yes. they're going to fly off the shelves in different ways. Yes. Yeah. And they have, they've sold millions upon millions of copies. Um, you look at books like Every Man's Battle. Okay. <laughs> sold 4 million copies in that book series. The only qualifications that main authors have is that they are both former sex addicts, self-proclaimed former sex addicts. And yet if you look at the content of their books, it is quite clear that they still objectify women. And so, you know, we're, we're like, no, you know, what we need to do is we need to actually measure this stuff. Right. Um, and do it properly. And, you know, it, I know that that hasn't been normally what has been done, but the good thing is the great sex rescue has been the best selling sex book since it came out. So mm. even though normally the sex books don't with data don't sell that well, well, and I don't know if it's that they don't sell that well, just no one's done it before. That's right. Yes. No yes. one's really done it before. Mm -hmm. Which, which is, which is uh, horrifying. Um, and mm -hmm. also just groundbreaking. And, and we, I know, personally speak to just an appreciation for that work. Um, and also just want to make note of the fact that, and, and let's just let's just say this to our listeners, because I think it's worth saying that um, the way data is collected and synthesized and worked through it, and if you, and if you follow Sheila's work and, and look at sort of how uh, she and her team work, um, it does not lend itself to just being offhandedly dismissed by critics. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just say, well, we don't think it's good. Like, so when you, when it comes to data, you have to either, you have to go back and qualify things along that same intellectual plane, but you cannot just say, Oh, we, we just would, would rather not. So I just, you know, I just want to put that out there, but getting back to just like some of the, some of the content in your book, um, I want to get, I want to like hone in um, on something here in just a second, but first we're going to take a quick break to hear about some exciting things from CBE International. We're thrilled to announce a brand new e-course titled Beyond Bias, aligning towards God's vision for women and men in Bible translation. For far too long, mistranslations of Bible verses have contributed to the inequality of women in Christian homes and churches, hindering the co-flourishing of women and men. This e-course aims to raise awareness of the significant role of Bible translation in restoring biblical equality in Christian communities. In this course, students will gain a basic understanding of Bible translation and guidance to identify the mistranslations of the Bible in the past and present, enabling them to choose women-friendly Bible versions for personal and ministry use. 
In addition to short articles, reflective questions, and prayers, Beyond Bias also offers fun quizzes and substantial supplemental resources gathered over 30 years of CBE's ministry. This e-course is for all Christians, regardless of their experience in biblical or theological training, who are open to exploring God's original intent for the equal partnership of women and men through a fresh reading of the Bible. We hope you'll join us on this important journey towards a faithful approach to God's Word. Head to cbe.today forward slash beyond bias to register and take the course. And we are back um, and just so glad to be talking with Sheila Gregoire. So one of the one of the things I read in in your book um, that was new even for me, just just something I came across and, and, and something I appreciate about books like this that really help us put language to things is a term called spiritual bypassing. Mm-hmm. And this shows up in the um, in the chapter where we're talking about language uh, around mental health and emotions and and women um, often feeling like like there's something wrong about having negative emotions. So there's a lot of language and you go into all the language that is, is being used oftentimes to tell uh, young ladies not to trust their emotions or that their emotions are coming from a bad place. And so I was wondering just for our listeners, so they could just get a little taste uh, of, of the book. We don't, we don't want to tell them too much. We want them to go by the mm-hmm. book, but, uh, but, but can you talk a little bit about spiritual bypassing and, and what that is? Cause I thought, found that fascinating. Sure. So spiritual bypassing is a way um, to to engage with someone without really engaging with them by by giving a spiritual platitude. So somebody is making you uncomfortable. You don't want to deal with the actual issue. And so you're going to say something which is going to shut the conversation down. So let's say that your daughter in this case or a friend or whoever is upset about something. And you look at them and you say, well, don't worry, because God never gives you more than you can handle. What are they supposed to say now? Because if they are to reply anything like, but I'm still upset, they would, you could then turn around and say, well, that shows a lack of faith. Because by making this a spiritual issue, you're now saying that if you just believe this spiritual thing that I have said, then your negative feeling will go away. And so if your negative feeling doesn't go away, it means you don't have enough faith. And so now I have put the problem back on you, but I feel righteous because I have shared truth. I have shared God's truth with you. (laughs) And if this doesn't work to make you feel better, the problem resides with you. So I can go about my day feeling good about myself, but I haven't actually fixed the problem. And in fact, I've built distance between us. And so much of the church, that is what we do when people are hurting, is we give them platitudes instead of entering into what they are feeling. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that. That's that's beautifully said. And, and listeners, I, I want you to hear this. I think so many of our listeners will will recognize that. Just, just that little that little snippet you gave us and, and described for us. There's so much in the book that speaks to these things, and we want to just let them know about it on this podcast so they can go and pick it up for themselves. I wonder, um, this could be a data point. This could be something you discovered while writing a chapter. What surprised you? I mean, this is your lane of work, right? Mm-hmm. So I, so for you to be surprised by something means that it... Um, you know, that it's significant. I wonder if you were surprised by anything in the writing of this book. We didn't find anything, um, like we didn't find that any teachings were harmful that we didn't think would be harmful. So everything we thought would be harmful is harmful. Everything we thought wouldn't be harmful isn't harmful. But what really took us by surprise was the strength of the relationship between the modesty message and harm later on. Like, Hmm this is toxic. Like we never understood. Yeah. 
Um, so we measured four different iterations of the modesty message. Um, boys are visual in a way that girls will never understand. A boy can't help but lust if a girl is dressed like she's trying to incite it. Girls have a responsibility not to be stumbling blocks to their to the boys around them by what they wear. And a boy, and a girl who dresses immodestly is worse than a girl who doesn't. So mm-hmm. all four of those things we asked, you know, did you believe them as a teenager? Do you believe them now? And when a girl feels like she is at least partially responsible for a boy lusting, she is 68% more likely to marry an abuser, to grow up to marry an abuser. She is 52% more likely to experience sexual pain. Like that's huge. That's one of the biggest reasons that evangelical women have two to two and a half times the rate of vaginismus is these modesty messages. And like when I hear, whenever these come up, whenever these conversations come up, often the response you'll get is, okay, I I know that this can bother girls and I know that it's not the greatest thing to say to girls, but we need to remember how hard it is for the boys. And I just want to say, no, you know what? A boy needs to get used to a girl in a sweater around him or in a bathing suit because putting that on the girls she does not deserve a 68% higher chance of marrying an abuser. She does not deserve a 52% higher chance of having vaginismus. That's right. And we need to start standing up for that's women right. about this. That's right. Yeah. Amen. And as Zachary Wagner says, that's treating our boys like infants. <laughs> it is. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I love Zach. He was on my back podcast too. Uh, yes, yep. exactly. I love the two of you, well. your books together. I think they're mm-hmm. such a good pair um, mm-hmm. because it's, because it it's, it's the kingdom work, right? Of how do we, disciple young men um rather than just like indulge immaturity or indulge sin or indulge um malformed behavior in ways that harm women Mm -hmm. but at the same time how do we shape and form our young women to be more like christ but also not ingest the toxic fumes Mm -hmm. of what they're kind of surrounded by I love, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we want to know what, what's your hope for this book? What, what would you like to see as a result of readers taking this book seriously? That nobody will need the great sex rescue in 10 years and that mm-hmm. it will stop selling. I want to work myself out of a job. Yeah. Because let's just fix this for the next generation. Right. Millennial women did not deserve what we did to them with purity culture. You know, my generation did not deserve what we did to them with all the marriage books. So let's fix this so that in the future, nobody needs a rescue (laughs) because we all just know Jesus and we experience great freedom and wholeness and health from that. Yeah, that's beautiful. And we, we hope that with you. We hope that for all of all, all of us. Um, well, Sheila, there's there's so many so many more places we can go, but we really want readers to to pick up your book, and so we hope that this will have given them just an introduction into your work, some insights, some, and hopefully just heard things that really resonate with them. I know even after reading both your books, I'm yeah. still hearing things from you that are resonating <laughs> with me. So I, I appreciate this and appreciate the work. That you're doing, but we would also love um, for our listeners to be able to support your work and to follow you. So we always like to give our guests a little bit of time at the end to just do some shout outs about where you are, where we can yeah. find you, what's coming up. Just just riff riff a little bit. 
for us? Sure. So I'm at baremarriage.com and you'll find, I, I write on my blog all the time. I have the Bear Marriage podcast, which you can find there. I have a number of courses that you can take a look at. Um, and there's also links to my social media. So Twitter is angry, Sheila. Um, Instagram <laughs> is like satirical <laughs> Sheila <laughs> and, and Facebook is more thoughtful Sheila. So you can just join me at whichever one resonates the most overall. <laughs> yes. I for one follow you on Twitter and love it. So just if, if, that, if, that, if that matters, but, um, but I'm also, I also, I also tend to that way myself. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, wonderful, wonderful. And we'll, we'll put all of those in the show notes. Um, and we are just, we're hopeful for, for the success of your books. Um, we want listeners to go pick up, she deserves better. Um, and tell us, tell us how, how it went for you and what you thought and how it has uh, just, uh, enriched your life. So, um, just to take us out today, um, I'd like to say thank you. Thank you to everyone for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, um, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can hear weekly from our co-hosts and other themes as we develop content on gender theology for the gospel empowerment of men and women. And be sure to follow CBE International on social media. You can also go to their website uh, for even more content. Subscribe to their blog, magazine, and academic journal. Watch videos and listen to audio of past conferences and events. And you should visit their bookstore, where you can find a ton of talented authors and subjects that will enrich your faith and equip you to use your God-given talents and leadership and service to the gospel for all, regardless of gender, ethnicity, or class. We would like to thank Landon, our support tech, and the team at CBE International that makes this podcast possible. I am Erin Moniz with my co-host Blake Dean, and we are Mutuality Matters. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed in CBE's Mutuality Matters podcast are those of its hosts and guests and do not purport to reflect the opinions or views of CBE International or its members or chapters worldwide. The designations employed in this podcast and the presentation of content therein do not imply the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of CBE concerning the legal status of any country, area, or territory, or of its authorities, or concerning the delimitation of its frontiers. 